Hey, good morning, everyone. Today we're going to be learning Daf Yurches and Maseches Yevamos. All right, Andrew's so pumped up. I was so under the weather, COVID number 19, and I don't mean COVID 19, I mean the 19th time I've had it. And unfortunately, um, well, it's, it's, it's supposed to be able to go to New York next week, but I was going to break up. Do you remember we learned the Gemara about the guy, Andrew, who we should travel a year to learn one day? We're doing better than that. I, I wanted to break a streak. There was no way. It's Arab Shabbos. There's no way I was going to not, uh, I was going to let that streak dovetail into, I'm not going to let my sick days dovetail into my vacation days. That's not going to happen. So here we go. I, I did that once in residency. Not for now. What did we miss? Let's just do a, a little bit of a recap because we're on your ches. Well, today we're going to have a little bit of an interesting goal. Andrew wants to go past it. We want to get to the Mishnah on your ches and Beis. Uh, but we've done a couple of things. First of all, we started a new parak yesterday. Parak Ketzad, which is Ketzad Eishas Achav Shalaya Ba'olamo. You notice, um, I didn't bring puppets. There's no NPR, there's NPR today. Uh, no puppet um, anxiety today. Um, no puppets required. Um, and, but we will explain the beginning of our new parak of Eishas Achav Shalaya Ba'olamo and we're going to dig into the concept of Zika. But first, I just wanted to, do you remember, uh, I want a quick review on Dafya Dalad when we missed. We talked about the 13 proofs, 13 rayas that Beit Shammai not only held like themselves, but sometimes held, um, practiced like themselves. Those who practiced like Beit Shammai, that was interesting. And then on Tezayin, and then leading into the new parak was the fascinating story of Doso bin Hurkinus, which was a great story. And of course, I was stewing in bed because here are the easy dapim and yavamos. And when you have to give shir and yavamos and you have the opportunity to have dapim of stories and agadita, and, and that, that's a poor, inefficient use of sick days, Andrew. Uh, but on the other hand, I should be happy because it means that, you know, we're doing this also for posterity. It means that those will always be easy when we go back. Hadron alach yavamos, when we go back again and again, we'll always be able to do those. We have to really break our head over these. Uh, so that when we go back, we'll understand it better. But anyway, that was an amazing story. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi went to visit Dosub and Herkinos because they had heard that he taught, um, taught like Beit Shammai and that, and that he gave a psaac like Beit Shammai. They went to his house. Um, the fascinating way in which he addressed all of three of those gedolim and the uh, fascinating interaction we had with Rabbi Akiva, I thought in particular, where he says he was a Roy Bucker, Rabbi Akiva says he was a Roy Tzon, it's not for now, but that was a great story. Turns out it wasn't, in fact, the sheet of Dosa ben Hurkunus. It was his brother, ben Hurkunus. He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, that, yeah, did you hear Dosa? Did you hear ben Hurkunus? Oh, ben Hurkunus, that's my brother. He's a unique character. And Rashi had, as Birnbaum pointed out, a fascinating description. Um, when, when The way Dosa ben Hurkunus describes his brother is a person who beats to his own drum, put it that way. But it doesn't say it really in a derogatory way. He just says, you know, he's very, he does his own thing, he beats his own drum, and he's very wise. And by the way, if, don't talk to him, because if you did, by the end, you'd be marrying off all your daughters to Yitzharas, you know, like Beit Shammai. So that, to Yitzharas Seraphos. So that was a fascinating story. Then we started the parak, um, and, and the parak discusses what goes on with an Eishas Achiv Shalaya Ba'olama, which is the case of, as the Mishnah says, right? So we're going to go Ruvain, Shimon, Levi. So Ruvain and Shimon have 
uh, are much older than Levi, so much so, that they get married. And Reuben dies, well, not until um, uh, Levi, well, what happens is Reuben dies, and he dies childless. And then Levi is born, right? Uh, so Reuben dies, Levi is born, and then after Levi is born, Shimon performs Yibam on Ruvain's right, wife. And so that is a case of Yotzam, as we said, the Pasuk says, the brothers had to have been, right, in the same, right, uh, born in the same time, and that is the case, says the Mishnah, right, if Shimon dies, so then Levi does not do, uh, let, let me read that straight. Sorry. Okay. Ruben dies, then Levi is born. And then Shimon, right, does Yibum after Levi is born. And then Shimon dies. Harishona. So then well, who's the Rishona? The Rishona is the, the woman who was originally Ruben's wife. She is Yotza Mishumeshis Akashalai Bayalamo. In other words, who falls to Levi? Ruvain's original wife. Levi never met Ruvain. And now Shimon's wife, right? Those two were co wives with Shimon. But because Ruvain um, is in the picture, in the sense that because Ruvain's original wife is one of the women that falls to Levi, and because Levi and Ruvain never coexisted on this earth, so that is, right? Pottering, that is the Barry. Thank God we were we were it's such a special treat to see you on Arab Shabbos. Um we we were waiting for you, don't worry. Right? That is the case. It's one of the fifteen um women mentioned in our in our first mission of the first parak. It is the case of Eshakushalayabalamo. It's considered like an erva that's in a sense, that is Potetarasea. It's not really an erva, but it's considered um, poter levi, and thus even poter right poter um, the uh, both wives, the even the woman that was never married to Ruvain, because she became a co-wife with the woman that was married to Ruvain when they both fell to yibum right when 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 the when Ruvain's wife fell to yibum to Shimon, now they became co-wives and therefore they're both poter. To Levi when Shimon dies. Okay. Now, we're going to turn, because Baruch Hashem Barry, it's great to see you. 19 lines up. Our, our goals today, Barry, are modest. We're going to try to get to the Mishnah, Ainit Chesam Beis. We're 19 lines up, Ainit Zayin Amud Beis. And we're going to dig in to the topic of Zika as follows. Let me ask you a question. Let's walk us through it. When a person does Yibum, okay, what actually happens? We'll go with a regular case. NPR, no puppets required today. Right? Ruvain and Shimon, right? Uh, they both marry regular, right? Uh, regular weddings. Ruvain, chas v'shalom, dies childless. And now Shimon is going to do Yibum. So the question is like this. And there is another brother, Levi, a younger brother, Levi. Okay. So now, what happens? When when the when Ruvain's widow 
is false to Yibum to Shimon. Do they just, what does she do? She just moves, takes her luggage and moves in. And then that's it. That night, they're, they're married. So the fact of the matter is, there is a stage. There are stages, right? And I would say there are three stages. Uh, so the typical stages that you have are, when you get married, are, as we will see when we get to Mesach Kedushin, Erisin and Nisuin. There is something, however, in Yibum that's a little different. First of all, there is a Darabonan concept of Maimar, which we're going to have to deal with. Maimar, we've already talked about, but here's where we spell it out. Maimar is like a Darabonan wedding ceremony because, after all, it's weird for her to just move in without having any formal ceremony. I'll put it that way, right? I'll make it relatable, contemporary. You know, it's, it makes more sense to have something. I mean, they're not going to have what we see as chuppah and kiddushin, but maybe they'll have Moshi Tischler, uh, they'll have a band, you know, and maybe they'll have some schnapps, and they'll have a ceremony. They'll have a mimer, some formal thing, right, to say, to, to, to distinguish it from just moving in, okay? So that is important. So now, if that's the case, so then what we really have, three stages. We have the moment Ruvain died, which is when, right, the, his widow fell, so to speak, to Yibum, as the term we use, right? And then we have the moment we did Maimar. That's a little further on when she's been designated. Because don't forget, when she, so to speak, fell to Yibum, she technically fell to Yibum to all the brothers. So maybe Maimar would be the moment where you designate her, where one of the brothers steps forward, right, and designates her. It has that function as well, right? And then there's the moment where they do Yibum also, uh, already, okay? So how, so at what point, okay, uh, I'll ask you the following question. Let's say Levi wants to marry that woman's sister, right? That, that's, that's something that you've seen, right? Not too many people have known anybody who's ever done Yibum Chalitza, although it happens. But we, you know, most of us know people where two brothers marry two sisters. So let's say, again, um, Levi always wanted to marry Rachel, right? Levi always wanted to marry Rachel. Okay. Ruvain married Leah. Okay. Ruben married Leah and died childless. Okay. And now, Leah falls to Yibum, to Shimon, and Levi. Right? We're not talking yet about Eishas Achashalai and Baalamo. So, about regular case, they're all alive at the same time, and then Ruben dies. So now, Leah falls to Yibum, to Shimon, and Levi. Well, Levi can't marry Rachel. He shouldn't marry Rachel if Leah had fallen to him to Yibum. We're going to see that case today. But Leah can't marry Rachel if he has Leah falling to him to Yibum. Okay, but what would you say if Shimon already did Maimar on Rachel? Can Leah then marry, can, can, can Levi marry Rachel then? After all, Shimon has already claimed her by Maimar, right? In other words, once Shimon does Yibum and claims Leah as his wife, Levi can marry Rachel. So at which stage is it considered as if Shimon and Leah, the Yavama, are bound together such that Levi can now marry Rachel, right? That would be, that would be one way to figure out th- uh, this connection. I will posit to you that if there is such a, uh, that, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is this Zika of which we speak. What is the Zika? The Zika is when a woman falls to Yibum, as we say the term, it's as if she's married to both of them, right? When a woman falls to Yibum, it's as if she's married to both Shimon and Levi, which is to say, 
this, the connection, Zika means a connection, right? Is that connection so strong that it's as if she's married to Levi, which is the Levi can't move until something happens to that woman, right? So if you hold, and that is a machlokas, as we will see, right? And we know this to be the case, that if you hold yesh, Zika, so then Levi can't move until the Leah situation is resolved, right? Because yesh, Zika means both Levi and Shimon, both of the surviving brothers, are basically married until proven otherwise, so to speak, to this woman who fell to Yibum, right? That's what Yesh Zika means. Ein Zika means that, no, let's just wait to see till somebody steps forward and performs Yibum. But it's not like they're considered contractually obligated, both of everybody, all the, Yesh Zika means all the potential, right, Miyabmim, all the potential brothers have a connection to this woman until proven, until severed otherwise, so to speak, by somebody stepping forward to Yibum Chalitza. Okay. So, with that introduction, we're finally uh, uh, going to get started over here as follows. Amar Rav Huna Amar Rav. Shomeris Yavam Shemesa Mutar Be'ima. Right? So this is 19 lines up in Yudzayinam days. This is a talk about the topic of Zika. So Rav Huna Amar Rav is going to say, the halacha that Rav Huna quotes in the name of Rav, that if a woman is a, a Shomeris Yavam is the Almana, right? She's Ruvain who passed away uh, Ruben's surviving widow. And then she dies before Shimon does even Mochalitza, right? Um, no, she died. I'm sorry. The Shemeris Yabam dies, right? Before Shimon does even Mochalitza. Ah. So then, Mutter Be'ima. In other words, right? Very, very simple. Ruben is married to a woman, and Shimon. It has is interested in marrying that woman's mother. Okay, right. Uh, when you have Yibum, it, it's not always the old, the oldest brother. In this particular case, Reuven was married to woman. Shimon was interested in marrying her mother. As and that's totally mutter. That can happen. Uh, not so common, but it can happen. So, whatever. Ha- what, in this case, however, Reuven passed away childless, and so Shimon before he has a chance to marry the mother. So now, of course, if Shimon had already been married to Reuven's wife's mother, if Shimon had already been married to her, then if Reuven had died childless, there would be no Yibum, right? Because you can't be Miyabim. That's one of the main ervas. You can't be Miyabim, uh, your wife's daughter. Of course not. But in this case, Shimon had not yet married, right? the Ruvain's widow's mother. So the question is, can he do so before he performs Yibam or Chalitza? Well, if you hold that the moment Ruvain dies, his widow is attached to Shimon, then of course Shimon can't marry the widow, right, the Yavama's mother. Of course he cannot. He's already attached to her daughter. And though that's an erva. You would even argue, Andrew, that it would be a bad, bad idea to do it anyway. What, what kind of behavior is that? A woman fell to you to Yibum and you're going to go marry her mother. You're Mavatel Yibum. We'll, we'll discuss that, right? In other words, that is, once you marry her mother, you can't, you certainly can't, um, once you marry her mother, you certainly can't perform Yibum. The question is, can't, so this is a din, the Ravuna says in the name of Rav, that Shimon can marry her mother prior to performing Yibam Chalitza. So the Gemara says, Alma Kasavar, 
right? Ein Zika, right? That shows that Ravuna holds Ein Zika, right? Because obviously, if there was a Zika that Shimon had to the widow right away, he would never be allowed to marry the mother. Okay. So the Gemara asks, Vilema, maybe Ravuna, why is he using the, la- the language Ein Zika, says the Gemara. The Gemara should say, Halacha Kedivra Omer Ein Zika. <laughs> why is, why did Ravuna say, That's the Halacha that he said. But remember, he's an Amora. And so he should really, if what he's trying to say is Ein Zika, Right, and there's, we're we're teasing out of his halacha that you that, that we're allowing Shimon to marry the mother is that ain zika. But if that's what he's really trying to say, then that is an already uh, you know well trodden topic that Tanaim disputed. So why can't why shouldn't he should just say you know the halacha is like the Tana who says ain zika. That's what the, the Gemara is saying here. It says Velema, let Ravuna just say halacha kedivra omer ain zika. Right, it should be like the the Tanaic opinion that ain't Zika, but instead he said that Mutterbima. So why is he saying it like that? So the Gemara answers, if he just said that, that the Allah is like he who says ain't Zika, betray. You would have thought that that's only when there's two or more right surviving brothers, right? Aval yesh Zika. In other words, we still apparently after the Tanaic Machlokas. There is a machlokas tanaim, as we will see, uh, soon enough. And that machlokas tanaim is actually in a case where there's multiple brothers. The machlokas of whether Zika does or doesn't apply to all the brothers uh, is in a case of two brothers, or multiple brothers, rather, that are left. Two or more brothers that are left to do yibum. So this unique case is in a case where there's only Reuven and Shimon. And so in a case where there's only Reuven and Shimon, you might have thought, that yesh zika. Why? Because there's a logic here, right? In other words, when you think of zika, so you think, okay, well, maybe if there's multiple brothers, because we're defining what zika means. So up until this point in the Gemara, we think that zika means that maybe it should apply to only when there's one brother left. Because after all, if there's one brother left, so then there's a bullseye on his back, right? It's obvious who's doing the yibum. So maybe only then is he going to have to do Zika. But when there's multiple brothers, what are you going to say? That all brothers are married to this Yavama, so to speak? All the brothers have the status that they're married until proven otherwise? Maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's unusual because obviously they can't all be married to this woman. So maybe if when there's multiple brothers left, you say there's no Zika. It's only when there's one brother left that it's obvious only one candidate, so then it's as if they're married. Kamash Malan, no. That even if there's only one brother left, Ain Zika, right? That is what Ravuna was trying to say, that the Salach of Ain Zika applies even when there's only one brother left. But the Gemara says, okay, so then maybe he should have just said that. That is a Shita of Eitana as well, as we will see. Rabbi Kiva holds that. He should just say, instead of saying that he can marry, right, the mother, Right, that the Shimon can marry the mother, Ravuna should have just said that the halacha is like the Tana who says that there's only Zika, that, that there's no Zika even when there's only one surviving brother. To which the Gemara says, Well, if you would have said that, then perhaps you would have thought that even when, what? That, even, that, that he can marry Zivama's mother even during the Yavama's lifetime. That you don't even have to wait for her to die, which is Always not true because Kamash Malan Ravuna is telling us La Misa in Mechaim Lo. 
we happen to know that the case of an aim, right, you're never allowed to marry a daughter or, right, a mother in that relationship. You're never allowed to marry uh, that erva so long as the other person is alive, right? Even if there's a divorce or anything like that, so long as the other person is alive, you're never allowed to, right, to, to, marry, to marry her, um, even after the Yavama's death, if there was a Zika, Mechaim Lo, right? During the Yavama's lifetime, so long as she's awaiting, right, Yibum or Chalitza, he can never marry her mother. And that's because, as we'll see, you're not allowed to be in Vatel Yavamim, which will explain um, what, what that means. Also, Levatel Yavamim would mean, right, that so long as she's alive, then by marrying the mother, then you're going to be, right, you're going to be asering the Yibum, right? By marrying the mother, you're going to make the Yibum puzzle, as we're going to see. So now, we're going to be 11 lines up, and we're going to challenge Rav Huno, says, Ein Zika. It's not. There's a Mishnah. We're going to see this Mishnah in Memtes. Yivim Tashemesa Mutar Bachota. Bachota in Be'ima Lo. Okay, right? So, this sounds, this is a challenge to Rav Huno, because it sounds like Yesh Zika. Right? Yivim Tashemesa, right? Before... Right before he performed Yibum, the Yavama died. So we're going to say in that case, the Mishnah says that you're allowed to marry her sister. So in this particular case, right, let's say Levi again wants to marry Rachel, right? Ruvain, mar- um, right, Ruvain marries Leah and dies childless, and Leah, right, uh, falls to, let's say, Shimon, and then and then Yivim Toshimei, and then Shimon dies, let's say, childless. Um, and now Yivim Toshimei is a mutter ba'achota. So if the Yavama dies, then of course Levi can marry Rachel. Right? Shimon dies childless. Why I added an extra brother, I, I apologize for that. I, I didn't have to do that. Um, so Shimon dies, let's say, we're going to do Shimon Levi since I already started down that path. Shimon dies childless and he's married to Leah, Right? And Levi wanted to marry Rachel, right? So, so long as Levi... So this is the opposite of what we were saying before with the Ima. So long as Levi um, still had to perform Yibum, um, he could not marry Rachel. But if, right, Leah dies, so then of course he could marry Rachel. However, So the fact of the matter is, uh, that this is true whether it's by yibum or by marriage, as as we will see. I mean, Rashi says it straight out here. Which is to say, the halacha of a sister and the halacha of a mother are different. In fact, the halacha of the sister is unique. The other the other ervas right are natural arias. In the sense that, right, they're not arias by association, right? Marrying um, a woman's sister, she's only an erva by association to your wife, right? But marrying, but, but somebody who's going to fall, who, who's, who's the mother, so that, that is never allowed. In other words, he's never allowed to, um, to, to marry um, her mother. In other words, if, you ha- if you've been ma- married to a woman, Okay, if someone was married to a woman, he could never marry her mother, even if that woman passed away. Okay, but if someone married a sister, so then if he divorced that sister, he could not. If someone married a woman, even and divorced her, he can't go. He cannot go ahead and, and marry her sister. 
However, if somebody married a woman and that woman passed away, he can marry her sister. But if somebody married a woman, right, and that woman passed away, he can never marry her daughter or her mother. Okay, those are rights that are forever. Once you've married a woman, you'll never be able to marry her daughter or her mother. But you could marry her sister, but only once that woman passed away. So therein lies the difference between a sister of a wife and everyone else. So that's what's borne out in this Mishnah. So again, if, so, so this case is Yvimta Shemesa Mutter Bachosa Bachosa in So as Rashi points out, this would be true, right, even of, of a wife, not just of a Yvimto. Okay. However, because of the fact, this is a challenge, because it sounds like Yesh Zika. Why? Because of the fact that the Mishnah uses the Lushan Yevimto, <laughs> and it sounds like a mother would not be. So now, right, we've, tur- we've, we've applied it to Yevim and Zika in the following way. Because you might have thought, again, a regular marriage, a person is married to a woman. If, God forbid, she dies, he can never marry her mother or her daughter. Okay. A person is married to a woman, and she dies, he can marry her sister. So here we say, Bachota in. Um, he can marry her sister, but only if the woman dies. But the, 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 the Chiddush here is, right, that Yesh Zika, because if it's just Yevimto, right, so then he never even married this woman. Ah, so if you hold Ein Zika, so then if that woman was just as Yevim, he fell to him to Yibum, and he never performed Yibum. Before he got a chance to perform Yibum, she died. Why can't he marry her mother? He never even married this woman. Why can't he marry her mother? That's the Chiddush. The answer is, you have to, have to say, Yesh Zika, right? Because the reason he can't marry her mother is just by virtue of the fact that she fell to Yibum, even though the Yibum was never consummated, right? Just by virtue of the fact that she fell to him to Yibum, he can no, never marry her mother. So says the Gemara, no. That no, this halacha would actually be, he, he's mutter b'achota and, right, mutter b'ima. Remember, the Mishnah never says b'ima law. That was a diuk, right? We made that inference. We just, the, all the Mishnah says, yivim shemesa mutter b'achota. We just said that. And we said, oh, it must be that it says achota because achota is a unique erva where if the woman dies, right, she can, he can marry his sister. That's why it's, it, it, it sticks it out. So the Gemara says, no. That that would be even true of an ima. That in fact, you could say, right, like Ravuna, that ein zika, right? Ah, v'ayidi detana reisha ishta shemesa mutter b'achosa, b'achosa in avel be'ima lo. Well, guess what? In, in the reisha of the Mishnah, when we say, Right, so this whole case where I just told you the case of the, the uh, halacha by a, a regular wife, an ishto, that's all one Mishnah. The Mishnah gives you the halacha in the ratio by ishto and illustrates the difference between achoso and imo, right, and teaches you that achoso is unique in that sense that only when achoso dies, um, only in that case you can marry the other woman. That is the Mishnah. And there when it says ishto, um, where achoso is It means, in fact, that that diuk is correct, right? So why is that diuk not correct in the seifa where it's saying the same case but mentioning a yevimto instead of an ishto? So we say, so 
since then, right? That was that illustration, the simple case of Ishto, right? That was the first half of the Mishnah. And so that was clearly a case where the inference was meant to be learned from Achosa, that it's unique to Achosa that you can actually marry her sister once she dies. However, that inference is not applicable to the second part of the Mishnah that says the same thing by a Shomeris Yavam. Why? Tani Nami say, so why not? Because we know that that the Halacha, if you say Ein Zika, then if the woman dies before the even was ever performed, then you can marry any one of the, of, uh, of the Arias, so to speak, because you were never married to that woman. So why, says the Mishnah, can you, why, why asks the Gemara, can you make the inference in the first half and not make the inference in the second half? So what the Gemara here is saying is, um, because it says, so what this Gemara means is <laughs> that the phrase is what we're keeping consistent. But it actually means two different things. In the ratio, we make the diuk. When it comes to Ishto that you already married, we make the diuk and we say in In the Seifa, we don't make the diuk. In the Seifa, it applies both to Achosa and to Ima. That's what that means. When I was looking at this last night, I got really turned around. I was like, wait a minute. It said, when it says Tani Nami Seifa, you would think that, oh, you're trying to learn the same thing. You make the same dik. No. All it's saying is we're keeping the language consistent. We said Mutter Bachosa in the beginning, and we said Mutter Bachosa in the end. Why, Andrew? Because it's like a sing song. We're Mishnayas. It's Tarsha Balpeh, and we're trying to keep, we're trying to memorize these Mishnayas. And so Mutter Bachosa, Mutter Bachosa, right? It's like, uh, it, it's it's sort of like a mnemonic, except you would think that it would confuse you if it means two different things. But it's still easier to remember, so we're keeping that, right? We're keeping that cadence by saying, Mutter Bachosa, Mutter Bachosa, so at least you can remember the Mishnah. But when you remember the Mishnah, Andrew, you have to also remember that it means two different things. When you say Mutter Bachosa the first time, it's to exclude the mother. But when you're saying Mutter Bachosa the second time, it's to include the mother and everyone else. So, uh, so don't you know feel uh, don't beat yourself up about being confused because it's the same phrase but it means two different things in the seifa and the reisha. By saying that, we're preserving the concept of ein zika still for Rav Huna in the second case. Fine. So we defended the ein zika. So now we're going to uh, bring in Rav Yehuda who is cholik on Rav Huna. Rav Huna held ein zika. However, says the Gemara, Rav Yehuda Amar Shemeres Yavam Shemesa Aser Beima right. That even a Shomeris Yavam Asar Bi'ima, right? So he says explicitly, not like that. He's holding that a Shomeris Yavam, even though the Yavam has not yet been consummated, already there is a connection. And therefore, Asar Bi'ima, right? Shimon, who's awaiting, uh, the Yibum cannot, even though he longed to marry her mother, he can no longer do so because now he has the right obligation of performing Yibum on the daughter and therefore he'll never be able to marry that mother. Which the Gemara says, Obviously, Rabbi Yudah holds, there is a Zika, Shimon is already tied, so to speak, to the Yavama. So again, talking about Amarayim, and we have a Machlokis, Yesh Zika, Ein Zika. And that Machlokis is well-trodden in the Tanayim. So why are the, uh, these Amarayim, 
right? Not quoting it. So says the Gemara, So here we have some Dafyomi gold where we're cut and paste. The same thing, but in the reverse. If you would have said, Yesh Zika, you would have thought the only Yesh Zika when there's only one brother, he's got a bullseye in his back, and therefore certainly Yesh Zika in that case, because he's the only one left. So it's as if he's already betrothed. I will betray Ain Zika, but if you have multiple brothers, they can't all be betrothed. That's what you might have thought. And therefore, in order to avoid saying that, we're saying this case in order to teach you unequivocally, right? That even when, that, right, that when she's awaiting you, when there's only one, right? Uh, even when, uh, there's more than one Yavam, uh, there's gonna be, right, Yesh Zika. Okay. So the Gemara says, ah, oh, the hockey pligi betray pligi. Wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean? So in the opposite way it worked, that you would have thought, uh, that, that it would be applicable to, that it, that there'd be Ein Zika by two. But this way it doesn't work. Why? Because the actual machlokas of Ein Zika and Yesh Zika was in a case of two. And finally we're gonna say the case. Right? Where, where was, where was this machlokas? That machlokas, uh, right, we're going, we're, we're going to explain, right? We're going to see it soon enough. It's like in the Chafei Chavav, um, and also the machlokas appears also in Mimtes. That machlokas was Kipligi Betray. Um, that was exactly the, the, uh, the Shita, where there was multiple brothers. We're going to get to it. But, be that as it be that as it may, right? Once you know that the machlokas tanaim was when there was multiple brothers, so then you would never have the hava amina, right? That it's only right yesh, only yesh zika when there's one brother, because that shita of the tanaim is that yesh zika when there's multiple brothers. So says the gemara elai mahachi. If he had only said that yesh zika, then finally arrived to chesamad aleph at the hopeless time six eleven a.m. Hava amina mechaim. I would have said that's only Mechaim, but like we said before, you would have thought that after death there's no more Zika, Kamash Milan, Rehuda's teaching us the Zika Bichdi Lopaka, which is an interesting additional detail in Zika. That's what Rehuda was trying to teach you. What's the detail? That the Zika doesn't rely on the woman being alive. In other words, even though in Ishus it's obvious, right? If a person marries a woman and then that woman passes away, he can never marry her mother. But what about if a Yavama falls to a person? And so even if you hold Yesh Zika, if you never consummated the Yibum and that Yavama dies, so maybe then you could marry your mother. In other words, who's to say that Zika, okay, so Zika means that Shimon has to marry Leah, fine. And he's obligated to. But once she's dying, he's obviously not obligated to marry her anymore. So you might have thought it's not an actual wedding. Right? It's not marriage. And so he was obligated to her once. But when she died, why shouldn't he be able to marry her mother? They were never married. Kamash Milan, no. That even that Zika, right, Lopaka, it doesn't just dissolve, that the Zika is so strong that it's like an actual Knisa, right? It's like an actual marriage that you can never marry a mother. Oh, so now the Gemara say, Lema Messiahle, let's support Rabbi Yehuda, right, who holds Yesh Zika from the following Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Yevimto, Right, this is, this is the Memtes one. Right, this is, this is the case we're talking about that, that you're not allowed, right, to marry a woman, right, again, if a woman fell to you, to Yavma. This is the case we were talking about just now. So that case that we discussed, obviously, when we made the Diuk in the Reisha, so it implies Yesh Zika. 
So the Gemara says, no, who adin da'afilu be'ima. So we deflected it the same way, the way, same way we deflected it before. The da'afilu be'ima, that it really means don't make the dik, even be'ima. Right, this was, this quote of the Yevimto, remember, the ratio was ishto, the sefer was Yevimto, so we're quoting Yevimto just now, we're quoting the second part, and it sounds like you're going to be medayik, just like the ratio, but just like we said before, that was not, you don't make that diuk, right? So this is a cut and paste where we're just saying the mutter bachosa is the phrase that we repeat, but we don't repeat the halacha. In the reisha where it's an isha, you make the diuk. In the seifa where it's just yivum, we don't make the diuk, and therefore we cannot support Rabbi Yehuda either from the Mishnah. So we don't know yesh zika or ain zika yet from that Mishnah. Now Rabbi Yehuda holds yesh zika. So Ravuna is going to challenge him. This is a different Ravuna. Masa Ravuna Barchia, right? We're going to challenge. It says like this. Also by Maimer Ramez. A case where, now we get to Maimer. Shimon, let's say, did Maimer. And then he dies, childless. Shniya Choletzis Velomit Yabemis. So the Halacha there says, right? This is actually a, the Mishnah that we had, right? On Yudzain. Shniya Choletzis Velomit Yabemis. This was our Mishnah. Oh. Why? He did Mimer, and then he died. Why do you do Chalitza? Taima the Avad by Mimer. It sounds like the only reason why the Shniyas Chalitza is because he did Mimer. Halavad by Mimer, Shniyas Nami Yivumi Miyavma. It sounds like if he had not done Mimer, so then even the, the second one would be eligible for him. Right? In other words, Right? If yesh zika, then how does Maimer change it? That's the question. In other words, in the case over here, right, it's a case in the mission, it's a case of Maimer. It sounds like because of Maimer, you have to do chaletzes lomit yabemis. So somehow Maimer is changing, right, what his, what Shimon's status is to this woman. Well, yesh zika sounds like she's already like as fully committed as possibly could be, right? And therefore, why would Maimer change the halacha at all? Why are we saying a case of of Avad by Maimer altogether? The, the, the Maimer is just a ceremony. So Amarabah who had din the Afagav the law Avad by Maimer. So Rabbi said the Nechinami. Even if he had not done Maimer, that would be the halacha. Shnia michlatz chalza yivum miyavma. He would still have to do chalitza and not yivum. Ve'adik tiny Maimer. But the reason why we're mentioning Maimer is for a side reason. What's that side reason? Lafukin ve'chamai. The Amre Maimer Kone Kinyan Gamor, right? In order to teach you the Maimer is not Kone Kinyan Gamor, which is to say that according to Beit Shammai, Maimar makes his truly, uh, truly co- uh, connected in a full sense of, she says Beit Shammai, in all the full sense of Nisuin, right? Which is, uh, so if you hold that Ein Zika, so then, right, then, so then you have two stages yet awaiting you. When the woman falls to Yibum, there's no Zika. Then there's a Maimar, and then there's the actual Yibum. So the question is, if you hold Ein Zika, what does the Maimar accomplish? Is it a full Knisa? Or would you say that Maimar and Yibum is analogous to a regular case of Erison and Nisuin, right? And so here we're saying that the Shita of Beit Shammai was that a Maimar is like a full Nisuin, so to speak. Kamash Malan, the reason why the Mishnah is using the case of Maimar is to is to exclude Beit Shammai and to teach you that even though Shimon performed Maimar, the wife is not going to require a full, right, 
a, a full, right? The wife is not going to be considered as if she was fully Nesua. It's just going to be a Darabanan where all she requires is a Chalitza. Okay, so the, again, we're, we're just preserving this possibility that that ain zika or yesh zika, it's not a raya from that Mishnah. So now, Ace Abaya. Now, Abaya is going to challenge Rabbi Yehuda who says yesh zika. As follows, Shnei achin be'olam echad, umeis echad mehen below vlad. Right? A regular case, they're coexisting, both on this mortal coil at the same time, and one of them dies childless. Classic case. Okay, Shimon is about to do maimer. Below his speak lasses by maimer, achinod la'ach vameis. Right before he gets the opportunity to do Maimer, now Levi's born. And now Shimon himself, right, passes away. Oh. So you would think this is an Aishas Achiv Shaloy al Balamo. What, what does the Bryce say? Harishona, right, Ruvain's first widow, Yotza Mishum Aishas Achiv Shaloy Balamo. Right? So that's a classic Aishas Achiv Shaloy Balamo. They never coexisted. Ushnia, but what about Shimon's wife? Ocholetzis Omichabemis. Whoa, wait a minute. Ruv, Shimon's wife, he didn't do Maimer yet, and he has to do Chali, he could do Chalitza or Yibum. Says the Gemara, Sounds like a good Raya. In other words, if at the moment that Ruvain died, Shimon was considered married to Ruvain's widow, so then his, then Shimon's wife and her were considered co-wives right away. And therefore, Ruvain's first wife should also not have to be, fall to Levi and Chalitza, right? Neither Ruvain or Shimon's wife, should, meaning Shimon's wife should be considered a tsara, right? Shimon's wife should be a tsara's eshes achav shaloyavalamo. And that, the fact that she isn't implies ain zika, right? Because it implies that for some, that she, by virtue of the fact that she was married to Shimon already when Levi, right, when Levi was born, right, she should, she is, the fact that she could fall to Yibam means that she was never considered fully married yet to Reuben's original wife. So it says, no, that's true. Enachinami. There's no way around it. That Mishnah, that Brisa certainly implies that Ein Zika. However, says the Gemara, Hamani Reb Meir, the Amar Ein Zika. That is the Shita of Reb Meir. That that price certainly implies ain Zika, because after all, again, if there had been Zika, then certainly Ruvain's wife, this widow, and Shimon's widow would be considered co-wives immediately. And both of them would be potter from Yibum, from Levi, by virtue of, of him being an Achim Shaloyaba Olamo, right? Even though Shimon's wife, Sh- Shimon's widow was Belamo Levi, she is a co-wife of Levi's widow, who is not. And therefore, they, not, neither of them should have fallen to Yibum. The fact that Shimon's wife does, and clearly indicates Ein Zika, but it just reflects the Shita of Rebbe Meir. It's not an attack in Rebbe Yehuda, it's just a different Shita to which the Gemara asks, Abai asks, are you sure that Rebbe Meir actually holds his no Zika v'atnan? We're going to see this Mishnah, as we mentioned, in Chavav. Arba achim shneim men nesuim shtei achayas, umeitu en nesuim achayas, harei elu cholzos v'lo misyabos. Huh. So we say Ein Zika, but, but, but wait a minute. We have a case. It sounds like you need puppets for this, but you know, it's a very simple case. You have four brothers, and so we're going to have Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, and Ruvain and Shimon were the older brothers. They married Rachel and Leah, and they just died both childless. So now you have Rachel and Leah left, and you have Yehuda and Levi left. Well, guess what? The, the, what they're recommending is do chalitza, 
Right? It says, Don't do Yibum. So they're just saying, you have a conundrum here, right? Because you have two brothers. Well, you should say, they could, it, they could both perform Yibum. So why is the Mishnah on Chavav, why are they saying, just do Chalitza? So the Gemara, if ain't Zika, so So there's no problem. In other words, Rachel and Leah came from two different houses. And they both, they were married to two different brothers, Reuven and Shimon. There's no reason why between Lev, Yehuda and Levi, right, they could just pick one. Yehuda marry Rachel, Levi marry Leah, and they could both do what? Yibum. Why are we saying Choletzes Velomit Right? If there's no Zika, right, so then, again, if there is Zika, so then you have a problem. Because that means that Reuven, that that Reuven and Shimon, when they died, Levi and Yehuda are considered married to both of them. And then you have a conundrum indeed, because then you have connecting interrelationships because they're both, right, married to, they're both obviously falling to, um, to the brothers at the same time, right? And so, remember, Rachel and Leah are sisters. You can't marry a sister of your wife. And so since everybody falls to them, so to speak, simultaneously, they have lines crossed where they can, they have to do chalitza. If there is a zika, it's as if they're all married, and that mar- that can't happen. So you have to do chalitza. You have to get out of it. But if ain't zika, so then nobody's tied to anybody else. So even though they're sisters, two brothers can marry two sisters, and therefore two brothers can do yibum on two sisters, and therefore Ruve, So therefore, Levi and Yehuda should just choose one marry Rachel, one marry Leah. There's no problem. So the mission makes it sound like chalitzos v'lomis yamos sounds like ain't zika, right? Uh, and the fact that Chol sounds like Yesh Zika, right? Because why shouldn't you just do Yibum, right? So it's, again, as the Gemara says, Just do Yibum. So the Gemara says, no. The reason why we're not allowing Yibum is not because we hold Yesh Zika, but rather because you, you be mevatel the mitzvahs Yivam in that way. The Dilma Adam Yavim Chad Meis Idach Batalt Mitzvahs Yivamin which is to say the following, that uh, we have a little bit of a chashash here. What's the chashash? If we allowed, um, if we allowed, let's say, Levi to perform yibum, so once Levi performs yibum, he can no longer do chalitza on Rachel. In other words, Leah and Rachel fall to Levi and Yehuda. So watch this. One of them could, in theory, let's say Levi is from, he's around, he could perform chalitza on both of them. Cyril chalitza. Do chalitza on Rachel, then do chalitza on Leah. You could do that, right? A person can do that. Let's say Yehuda is out of the picture. We don't even know where he is. So that could be a problem. So we'll say, you know, let's play it safe. We want both of these women to be taken care of. So the posek, the rabbi of the shul, is going to say, do chalitza on both. Because otherwise, you might be mevatel, right, the yibum. And that's the reason why we say do the chalitza. Not because he has a zika to both, but because practically it makes more sense. Even though, in theory, halachically, both of them could perform yibum, we're, not, we're, we're nervous that the yibum's not going to happen. So we're going to say, hold off on the yibum, perform the chalitza. This could be uh, a, a data point to say that chalitza is a, right, the viable equal alternative to Yibum, because otherwise we would say, we're mevatel mitzvah Yibum. It sounds from this, from this Gemara that Chalitza is a, right, uh, actually a performance, a form of Yibum. So I didn't take you too far, uh, but I took you uh, to 
uh, five lines away from the top of Yerches Aleph, and I wish you a good Shabbos.